0: Now you're all looking at me going, why in the world is Pastor Kerry so dressed up today? Men, it's Valentine's Day. Where's your suits? Come on, what's going on? Happy Valentine's Day! Happy Valentine's Day! Yes, indeed, and that video clip uh, that we've been using shows the extension of a father with a son, helping his son grow up in life and teaching his son to follow him. And we had the privilege yesterday, Melissa and I did, of marrying off uh, our son Zachary Cole Bowman to Brittany Marie uh, Bither. And we now have a daughter-in-law. So it went really well. Thanks. And some of you has have asked me this morning when you saw me it's like well, did you not go to bed last night (laughs) it seemed to be there somewhere I'm not quite sure but we've been in a run of about uh, uh, four or five days of parties with uh, people from uh, friends and family some are even here this morning from out of town and uh, we've just been gathering and hosting and celebrating and It was a big one last night in wine country, and we uh, are so proud of our son and our daughter-in-law. And we are glad that uh, God has moved us safely through, almost now, this weekend, too. So, thanks. I want to really encourage you, though, as we continue in our series called Follow here this morning, uh, to open your hearts and your lives to the spirit of Jesus Christ who uh, stoked your heart as we were in worship together and uh, just receive from him this morning whether you're here on site uh, or you're watching um, via online means we uh, come each and every week to gather in his presence for the Lord to do a work in our life to encourage us and strengthen us as we go out to be his ministers and his encouragement you know with the wedding it's always uh, one of those sentimental things and I've officiated a lot of weddings over a lot of years but never have I officiated a wedding from one of my own children. And uh, Zach almost lost it there at the beginning, and I almost started to lose it, but we hung together. And uh, we just talked about what we were worshiping about and what Tiffany was excited about, and that is Jesus, because Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is the means by which we are able to successfully fulfill not what God only has for us, but for others around us. And as we noted yesterday, it was one of those rare moments when I realized um, that for this particular wedding, I know it's not true of all, but for this particular wedding, both sets of grandparents and both sets of parents had been married for a lifetime. All four sets of grandparents, two went on to be with the Lord, married um, an average over 60 years each to one another. And uh, the bride's mom and dad married for 42 years. And Melissa and I, we will celebrate our 30th wedding anniversary on Tuesday. And uh, we, thank you. And we're going to get away for a couple days, right, hon? (laughs) But we have um, a culture and society that doesn't, always uphold the sanctity of marriage and many of you have seen those challenges in your own life having walked through broken marriages uh, whether it was something that uh, was uh, orchestrated and outside of your uh, means or whatever but I am very mindful that in our culture today the idea of following the generation before us has sort of a dulling effect sometimes or a not good effect because we see around us a lot of brokenness a lot of insecurity a lot of um, not holding true maybe whether it's to covenant vows of a marriage or to uh, even ways that we do business or how we go about raising our children and the idea of following is to follow those who have gone before us the apostle paul said follow me as i follow christ And so he was able to shout out to other people, is like, hey, see my example, walk in my stead. And so it was great to be able to pass the baton to a new marriage couple in our family, our extended family, ultimately, who will hopefully take that baton and follow hard after the Lord Jesus Christ and honoring God in their marriage commitment in all ways. But we have the challenge here today to look at how are we to follow. We looked last uh, few weeks at some different kinds of uh, aspects and here is the wedding uh, couple and they are uh, in a moment, I guess, but they uh, are off and on their way to their honeymoon, which I think is, I don't know, Can I, if Zach's watching this online, can I tell him it's in Lake Tahoe It's where they're going, so don't go and bug them. So uh, the uh, idea that the wedding... Um, vows culminated together and they're enjoying the fruit of their love relationship we have a love relationship that we're called to and we're called to that love relationship with Jesus Christ Jesus Christ it says in scripture is preparing a place for us who are followers and as followers Whether in this generation, every generation, whether here locally in Southern California or around the world, all followers are being brought together as the bride of Christ. And that is a big picture uh, understanding of what's going on in this world. And Scripture is very clear about our relationship to Jesus as the church, the body of Christ, needs to reflect upon one another in our horizontal relationships the husband is exhorted to love his wife as Christ loved the church Christ did what for the church he laid down his life for the church and so the sanctity of marriage is not just the sanctity of marriage for us in a um, personal community with our spouse It really is reflected of the sanctity of all that's going on in the world through all time. Jesus Christ is calling out a bride for himself. He is coming again someday, Scripture says. He will call that bride to himself, and that bride will live with him through eternity. And guess who the bride is? You, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ and you attend a wedding like we had the opportunity to be a part of, and you see the joy and the excitement, and you see all the community and the friendships coming together, and my goodness, people coming from some different kinds of places, different seasons of life that showed up, and you're going like, this is rich. You wanted to sort of do back to the future and have time stand still because you couldn't get around to everybody because you have poured into these relationships zach and Britt poured into these relationships and we have poured into relationships the other side of the family had poured into relationships and you see all these relationships coming together and you're going like this is great and it's great food is great environments we're all dressed up and stuff." So, let just can we just freeze this time and enjoy the company of one another well what god's getting ready to do is that he is calling forward his bride And whether Jesus Christ comes in your lifetime, my lifetime, or we go and to be with him, he is calling the bride together, and there is going to be a great wedding banquet. And time will freeze. Time will be forever. You know, they say that uh, the best way you can define what eternity is, is living in continuous present moments. One of our prayers was that we live in the present moments this week. Eternity is continuous, present moments with Jesus and with the bride of Christ. Fellow brothers and sisters and people that I want to look forward to meeting that I've only read about, right? That kind of thing. This is our destiny, is to be a part of a wedding, a great celebration. Last time I think I wore a suit was when Frank and Lori got married in a flash mob wedding on a Sunday morning at this church. Some of you uh, maybe were a part of that, but uh, we officially had a wedding when they came, and I remember reflecting back then on that whole thing of the bride of Christ and what it means for us to come together. And so there is some symbolism in today, and me wearing a suit and being able to um, look at our son. And uh, as many of you know, Zach is uh, a pastor here on staff, and to look at Brittany and uh, be endeared to all that's going to be happening in their life, not only as a couple, but uh, throughout their married life for ministry. But friends, we're a part of the same thing. And sometimes this whole thing of following Jesus can become complicated, ritualistic, sometimes a drudgery friends, what we're a part of is something beautiful and incredible. The marriage supper of the Lamb when the one who was slain for the forgiveness of our sins calls us to be with Him, not to sit on the cloud and play a harp for all of eternity, but to participate with Him for what's going to happen through the eons of time. Gather together with the loved ones that have gone before us. So could we just have a moment, a present moment, and thank the Lord for being invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Jesus, through Your Spirit, grateful You're here with us. Through Your Spirit, calling us to Yourself. Through Your Spirit, endearing us to Your grand purpose for life, To worship and to rule and to reign with you through all of eternity. Lord, when we get caught up in such beautiful earthly events such as a wedding celebration, may we be reminded that there is an ongoing plan, preparation, courting of relationships on this earth for a wedding celebration that will transcend all. Lord, we thank you for those who have gone before us. We thank you for their faithfulness and loving and serving you. Lord, we thank you for calling us to yourself. And Lord, even if we're here this morning just checking you out, God, for the first time in maybe a long time, I am thankful, God, that your spirit's at work calling people to follow, follow you. Amen. So in this series, we've been talking about the simple thing of am I following? Am I following Jesus? And Jesus, when he called people to himself, he did not tell them they needed to get their act together. He did not say you had to have certain kinds of behaviors. He did not say you needed to believe certain things. When Jesus went around and started calling people to follow him, when he kicked off his ministry around the age of 30, Jesus was no—he um, uh, he, was—he was not uh, prejudiced towards any group of people or kinds of people. He gave the open invitation to everyone to seek and to come follow him. And as we looked at last week, we said we need to understand this, that I am called by Jesus. I'm called by Jesus himself. I'm not called by the church or by my parents. Jesus himself, through his spirit, is calling you and I to come follow him. And then when he calls us to come follow him, he doesn't call us to come follow him into some type of structured uh, uh, traditions or whatever it may be, or church going. He calls us to follow himself. So we are called by Jesus, and we are called to jesus right and that's a face-to-face kind of intimate growing relationship and then as we're called to jesus in a face-to-face relationship that we keep hot and strong and cultivated we are called with jesus to do the ministry that he's called us to do and that is a side-by-side kind of dimension of being called to jesus so in the question am i following well are you aware that you are called by Jesus whether you're here today or at home or looking at this from some other kinds of uh, electronic TV set or a phone Jesus is calling people and Jesus is calling you to himself and he's calling you to be with him and all that he's doing and so what you see unpacked in scripture is an incredible unfolding of Jesus doing this on a regular basis And Jesus doing this on a regular basis, he would do it one person at a time. We looked at some of those examples. And the disciples came to follow him, and then following the disciples when Jesus died, was raised from the grave, ascended to the heavens, he continued to call people through his spirit. And one of those was the Apostle Paul, who wrote the majority of the New Testament. And the Apostle Paul was stricken by Jesus Uh, on the road to Damascus because he was persecuting Christians he did not like what Christians were he did not like what Christians were trying to do to the Jewish faith at the time. And what happened, according to um, Scripture, is Paul was struck blind. Jesus said, why are you pushing back against me? He said, Lord, you know, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. And he, his eyes were opened. His eyes were opened to be able to realize that the disciples that had gone before him really did have the truth about Jesus. And so then Paul begins to reach out to others, and he began establishing churches all around uh, the Mediterranean Rim. He would travel. He'd be traveling in places that you would not want to go. He'd be traveling by a boat that you would never want to get on. But he started churches in all kinds of places, and he was encouraging people to continue to come follow him. And what he dialed into is he dialed into the teachings of Jesus. The apostle Paul himself, as a follower of Jesus, didn't hear directly the teachings of Jesus, but he heard those teachings through others who heard the teachings. Paul knew Matthew. Paul knew Peter. Paul knew John. Paul knew these individuals and he sat with them and he learned from them as surely as you are learning from me or you learn from your parents or from a friend, it's passed down from generation to generation, encouraging people to come, come follow, check this out, come and see. Like we looked at last week when Jesus found them along the shoreline, hey, come and see, check it out. And then they went one at a time to another person and found them out. The Apostle Paul has some words, though, about how we're to live as a Christian. And how are to live as a Christian is not putting us in a straitjacket. It says this is someone who is a follower of Jesus. This is how Jesus taught us to live. And Jesus taught his disciples on a daily basis, a weekly basis for these three years. He taught them along the path. He says, hey, come with me. And he showed things around and he would point stuff out. Jesus was a very personal teacher. He was a gifted master teacher. And he understood all of life, being God himself, and he unpacked it amidst a very religious institutionalized culture when it came to faith issues and he tried to get them back to some of the simplest things in that day when jesus showed up it was known from the hebrew scriptures that you're to love the lord your god with all of your heart mind soul and strength they got that They had the vertical dimension. They tried their best to do it, but they had all these rules in these rituals surrounding it, of which they tried to work on in order to uh, uh, measure up to God. So when Jesus comes on the scene as God Himself, He reminds them, yes, that is the uh, number one commandment to love your Lord, your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But what He did was He said, I have a new command to give to you. A new command. Now, this particular place that's found here in John 13 34 where he says I have a new command to give to you is not necessarily the first time he told them this new command but it was one of the most critical times because this was shortly after Judas had left to betray him and Jesus knew he had some final instructions to give to his disciples before he was headed to the cross So. What would you give as your last, final parting instructions? Sort of felt that way a little bit yesterday, standing in front of the bride and the groom, and you think, my goodness, I've raised you know, the boy for 24 years, and, and, and how do I help the young man uh, you know, take off and lead? Well, at that time, it's not the time to give any new commandments or instructions. If they're not following, you're pretty much, you know, that's the way it's going to be, right? But Jesus, can you picture him, three years he'd been with these disciples— What would you give in those final parting commands? He says, this is my new command. And he pulled out a list of do's and don'ts. No. He pulled out a whole worship order If this is how you're specifically supposed to worship me. He pulled out a map and said, this is where I want you and you and you and you. No. He had... A new command to give them that was a second part of what they had been taught through their Jewish faith, and that new command was simply this: love one another. Love one another. Am I following? Am I following Jesus? Then Jesus would look straight into your eyes and into your lifestyle and, and into your schedule and say, are, are you loving one another? Now, the reason that this new command was uh, a little bit striking was because this one takes a little bit more work sometimes than just merely loving God. A new command I give to you, Jesus said, as I have loved you, love one another, as I have loved you, so you must love one another can you picture him hanging with his disciples he's cultivated this relationship through the years and you know he 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 looks at him and he goes you know hey you need to now go do what i've been doing to you guys and uh it's not just doing the vertical thing of loving me but you need to love one another and do it as i have loved you and you remember how i've done this right I mean, Peter, remember when uh, I saw Matthew and you were ready to spit on Matthew because you didn't want that tax collector following me? Well, no difference to who an individual is. I loved Matthew and I called him to come follow me. Nathaniel, Nathaniel, remember when I called you to come follow me? Oh, and he hangs his head and he says, yeah. he says, man, he says, you dissed on me and my whole family and my town. What good thing can come out of Nazareth? What's that deal? But yet, I still chose to love you, Nathaniel, and invited you into the group. Love others as I have loved you. Remember that time that I really unpacked some hard teaching about if you're really hard-fallen after me, and the, and the flesh and the blood, and some people started to not follow. And, and remember that time, and then you looked at me, and he's like, are you going to leave? It? You know, and I said, no, I'm not. you stay, you come follow me. Through thick and thin, through up and down, through the ins and outs, I chose to love you and I have chose to love other people. This is my new command to you, that you need to love everyone else as I have loved you. So right now, pick somebody in your life that's pretty unlovable. Or pick somebody in your life that you're sort of indifferent to. Pick somebody in your life that's in your circle, whether your work circle, your schooling circle and uh maybe it's just a social network but they're sort of on the fringes jesus command to you and i as a follower is that we're to love others as he loved us and it includes that individual those individuals you see when it's left to ourselves it's a lot easier sometimes not to dwell on these kinds of aspects by this everybody will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. By this, everybody will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. doesn't have to do with a bunch of other check marks on things to do. He makes it real simple. Do you care? Do you love? And what is that going to look like for a follower of Christ? And Simon Peter, he asked him, Lord, where are you going? And you're thinking like, hello. Hello, I, I was just explaining to you a new command, something that's critically important. And Simon Peter's, you know, chasing a bird in his, his mind. Hey, you know What do you mean? Lord, where are you going? He's, he's, he's going back to something that Jesus said before there. Were, you know, and it's like, You know, why, why can't we follow you? Kind of deal. And Jesus says, No, no, no let's come back to this. Let's come back to this. Peter wanted to move on to other things because, yeah, 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 I guess I, I love one another, and it's so easy for us to do that. It's not just a cliche. It's not a statement, and, and some of you are already dozing on me this morning because it's like, oh, yeah, the pastor's saying we need to love one another. that's guy, I got that. I understand that. That's the same thing Peter was doing here, and Jesus grabs him and sort of says, no, no, no. You need to love other people as I have loved you. He says, where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. You will follow later when there's the great marriage supper of the Lamb and we're all gathered together. And that, and that whole understanding would be unpacked. But you can't follow me to heaven right now. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. So don't be fearful. He's going ahead. He's doing his thing. He's calling us to himself. He's gathering his bride. He's gathering his followers. But Peter, you can't follow me now. What you need to be doing is you just need to be loving one another and be at the task, whether it's in your career, whether it's in your uh, social arena, whether it's in your educational world. As you are walking and talking and experiencing life, love one another. Come back to me, Peter. Come back to me. It's not all about you. And it's not all about just you and me, Jesus would say to him. It's about others. This is a true statement. The gravitational pull of all religion is toward rule-keeping rather than relational relationship-building. The and, and we'll just stick with Christianity. It's like, okay, I'm in a relationship with Jesus now. That's great. I'm following him. What do I need to do? One, two, three, all that kind of thing. And it is important, and we're going to look at some of those aspects of it as the Apostle Paul called us to. But friends, it's not about establishing a bunch of rules and keeping those rules. When you are a follower of Jesus, you are leading in life on a relational scale of building relationships and loving people. And you can take other kinds of religions, it just sort of moves that way. And so you sort of measure up, do I measure up or not? And here's the thing, sometimes it's actually easier that way. Have I checked that off my list? Have I done that to God? Have I done that? But then when you move it to the horizontal plane, it becomes much more challenging. It is easy to confuse discipline, traditions, rituals, rule keeping with discipleship discipleship is just a simple um, special embellished kind of word for following followership if you are being a disciple of jesus you're called to be in the stream of discipleship in the stream of discipleship you're merely following after him father son pulling along from one season next to the next but that following has to do not with rules not with rituals, not with traditions, and all those kinds of things can have their place. It has to do with relationship building and loving people, loving people. Now, the apostle Paul, when he picked up on these teachings, the apostle Paul, he would uh, listen to the other disciples, and then he would travel the Mediterranean rim. He would start these churches. He would actually go into synagogues and he would, he would speak to them about Jesus. This thing happened in Jerusalem and Jesus... Uh, was the messiah and and he uh, lived and he died he rose again and and then he would get booted out of the synagogues and and he would go out the backside, i guess and and maybe a couple handfuls of people would follow him and and he would circle them up and and he would relate to them and begin teaching them the teachings of jesus because they had maybe interest and then he would get in a boat or walk and travel and go to the next town and one place to another he would start these communities of people these churches all around the known world at that that time and he would instruct them in the teachings of Jesus that have been passed on to him and that primary teaching was the new command to love one another love one another and what the apostle Paul took was that new command to love one another and he unpacked it a little bit to say this is what it means for you as you interact and engage with people around you as a follower of Jesus and as you encourage others to follow Jesus Those of you who are part of uh, some of the men's group that that have met with us on Saturday mornings, we've been walking through one of the letters that the Apostle Paul wrote to a town, a city called Colossae. It's called Colossians. And in Colossians 3, he unpacks a lot of things because here's what's happening in that particular letter that he wrote to them, as in many letters. They had moved away from the relational love instructions And they were caught back up in rules, in do's and don'ts, legalism sometimes it's called. And he's like, wait a second, what are you all caught up in that? This is what you need to do. And so he says in Colossians 3, Since then you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When Christ appears, who is your life, then you also will appear with him in glory. He's exhorting them in Colossians chapter 3. And then a few verses later, he tells them what it means to put this practice of love into action. And so we find these words in Colossians 3, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, disciples... People who are followers, are you in, are you out? I mean, if you're in, then listen, this, what, this is what it, it means. And this is what that new commandment means that was spoken about from the very mouth of Jesus. This is how it plays its way out. Stay away from the traditions and the rituals and the rule keeping. Don't fall into that ditch. That's not what faith is about. What faith is about is loving the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and loving others as yourself. Jesus says this is a new radical command. So you're not cloistering yourself in your own little silo of spirituality. Your spirituality is defined not just by a vertical relationship with God, but by your horizontal relationship. So he says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself. You need to put on some things. This is what it means to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus. And so that's why when you put on a suit like this, uh, which I don't do very often, um, it's such a classic example of what you need to be doing when if he says to clothe yourself, he's like, I want you to pick up some garments, and I want you to take these garments, and I want you to put them on. It's just like every one of you walked into your closet today or opened some uh, chest drawers, and you hold out clothing items that you chose to physically put on are you a follower of jesus today here's a new command that jesus gives you through the apostle paul you need to clothe yourself none of you came here in your skivvies thank goodness you put clothing on and those clothing items are reflective of the love of jesus for other people hopefully if you're a christ follower and we have to do this on a regular basis because you know uh, what was it uh, we were so busy actively getting everything put together for which night was that that the the girls told ryan uh that he had a, a, a pucker face on or what was that melissa Thursday night we had friends and family at our house and so we had some of the you know the nieces and the nephews and the next generation of kids around and we were so much in a zone doing what pulling off the deal that one of the kids said yeah it was a grouchy face where I don't know it, the oldest the best man pulled off an incredible environment of number of days and it was like your grouchy face it's like oh I'm not grouchy face I'm just in a zone, right? I need to put on some clothing items emotionally, spiritually. Go into your closet every morning. Don't get just physically dressed, you get dressed and clothe yourself with some items and these are the items that the apostle paul says if you're a follower of jesus it's about relational horizontal as well as vertical and when you step out of your house to love one another you need to clothe yourself with first of all compassion there's a couple greek words that uh, signify by what compassion is but by compassion um, it actually says you know how you say somebody i love you with all of my heart Well, in those days, and the term that's used here in the original language is, I love you from all of my bowels. I love you from all of my guts. You know, guys, try that one on your wife today when you take her out to dinner. Honey, I just love you with all of my guts. My bowels are just moved for you, right? But why is that when you love someone and you're endeared to a situation... Where do you feel it at? You physically feel it in your depth. It was true then and it's true now. Clothe yourself with compassion. I put this little definition to it deep, sympathetic concern of love for someone else. Oh, going about my day. No, I got to clothe myself. The next thing he says that's where to put on is kindness. Clothe yourself with compassion and kindness. Now, I know we live in a world today, I think that's about the only virtue they say, just be nice to everybody, be kind. That's that's not the depth of what this kindness understanding means. Just be nice, just be nice. Don't offend anybody, don't go there, right? No, kindness means when you're interacting with other people. You are loaning your strength to someone else. You have certain kind of strength, even if you're down and you're weak and weary. But when you see someone else in need, whether it's a physical need, whether it's an emotional need, you are reaching out to them with kindness and you are loaning them your strength to be able to help pull them up or to encourage them in their day. You a follower of Jesus, love one another. If you're going to love one another, this is what it means to love one another. You need to clothe yourself with compassion. You need to clothe yourself with kindness. What else would you put on that list? This is what Paul put. He said humility. Humility. Humility doesn't mean uh, to be weak or to be a doormat uh, or to be shy. Humility, we can define it this way is viewing myself accurately as if I am in in relationship to others and to God. All of us have things that we're proud of in life, and maybe rightly so. Maybe it's something you've accomplished, maybe it's a title that you carry at work, maybe it's a means that you've provided for yourself and been able to give provision to your family, you know, a certain kind of house you live in, maybe a certain kind of job title, uh, job you hold, an income level. All right, maybe it has to do with educational status. All of us have a certain sense of, okay, yeah, I've accomplished things or this is where I'm at. But when I start to relate to others, it's very easy for me to relate in a way that is superior. And what this is saying is in humility relate to one another, view myself accurately. And the way that we view ourselves accurately one with another is we are all human beings. Time and time again, we're reminded you can't take it with you, right? You come into the world naked. You go out of the world uh, with nothing uh, behind your uh, hearse. You have no ability to carry your stuff into the next realm. That's because we're all simply human beings. And so when I relate to one another, I relate to one another as a human being to human being not as a superior or an inferior i understand job titles and certain work relationships that's understandable that you have to operate in a certain code of conduct but if you have humility that means you're meeting other people on level ground and on level ground we meet one another in our humanity and the reason that we love one another is because god loves them just like he loves you. We love because he first loved us, it says in 1 John. And in humility, if you're going to put on that clothing item, then don't walk out with a hoity kind of spirit or a superior kind of thing. You can be confident in what God's led you to do and become, but when you meet up with other people, no matter what the age they are, no matter what ethnicity they are, no matter what type of social status they have, meet up with them with humility that's a part of what it means to love one another so i'm putting on the clothing item even compassion i'm putting on the clothing item right of of kindness and humility and then the next item is this gentleness this one's a hard one for me because i'm sort of a driven person let's charge the next mountain let's make things happen gentleness has to do with your mannerism In this regard, meeting others at their level of strength and weakness. This hand that I have can grip a baseball and throw it. This hand can also reach down and grab up a small little eye contact lens if I need to. What are you doing? You are adjusting your strength to the situation throwing a baseball is a different kind of strength than picking up an eye lens contact you adjust your strength to the level of the person that you are engaging with that you are around meeting them at their level of strength and weakness that is a simple good definition of gentleness you can also say it this way my relationship with you to another person is more important than you being impressed with me. Oh, you know who I know, you know what I've done, and these are the. No, you're adjusting your interpersonal relationship with those around you to meet them at their level and to pass along to them the kindness and the humility and those kinds of strengths. And then he adds this uh, clothing item patience. Another challenging one for me. But this is Paul unpacking what it means to love one another. And patience can be defined this way as deciding to go at the speed of the other person. I love all four of our kids. There's one in particular, the third one, that operates at a much slower pace in life than I do. And I think one of the reasons God's blessed us with Levi is because I need to slow down and have some patience and meet him at the level of his speed so if you're going to love other people sometimes you have to come into this understanding that if you're going to clothe yourself with these kinds of items you need to read the other person and adjust how you interact and relate to them and you take that initiative on but it's hard why because we want people to be more like us well this is just sort of the way i am i'm sorry This all god's wired me Well, okay, but you're called to be a follower. And to be a follower, you need to love one another. And to love one another means you're going to unpack and put on these clothing items of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And he goes another step further. The apostle says, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against one another forgiveness comes in there and forgiveness means to release somebody of the debt you feel that they owe you and uh, the example is who jesus forgive as the lord forgave you in colossians three thirteen. so can you picture jesus you know interacting with them? hey forgave you forgive as the lord forgive me you know there he is on the cross father forgive them for they know know what they have done jesus was always extending Not only his love, but he was extending forbearance and forgiveness. And we, if we are followers of Jesus, or if you're considering becoming a Christian, or what it would mean to be a follower of Jesus, this is the picture. And it's not a list of a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's unpacking that one primary command by which all people will know that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. And that is you will love God and you will love one another. And then after he lists those virtues... Those five, plus this idea of forgiveness. He says this, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So you go into your closet, as I did yesterday, and you dig way in the back, because the weather wasn't going to warm up nearly as much as we would hoped for for wedding day. Way in the back was my overcoat, that i don't think i've worn since i was from the midwest and here is the overcoat and this is sort of the idea of what paul's saying here over all these virtues then you need to put on love which is going to do what it's going to bind them all together it's going to bind them all together in perfect unity and this binding together of these virtues goes back to the point that these aren't individual virtues you just got to grab a hold of and clothe yourself with i think when we did men's group i encouraged them i know david down here you did it. it's like go in and just put the stickers little like name tag stickers in your closet compassion kindness humility gentleness patience forgiveness you can go in there and you pull off what sticker do i need to put on for that day Well, Paul's teaching here is not that you're just putting on one because he sees them all coming together and you're binding them together in perfect unity with the overcoat of that's what love is. This is a new commandment I give to you. Love one another. Love one another as I have loved you. By this, by this all people will know that you are my disciples, that you are my followers. And you can pick from the list what your follow wear is. But ultimately, it's all of them together. If you saw somebody wearing Tampa Bay Buccaneers attire this week, you would say, now there's a follower of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl 2021 winners, and they would be proud of wearing their Tampa Bay gear. Maybe there's a rock band that somebody follows And all of a sudden you go oh i see they're they're a follower of that rock band maybe you really like apple products and you got some apple wear i don't know maybe there's some uh, other special college and you have that college wear. you are to wear what a disciple a follower of jesus would wear so your follow wear is very important our world friends stands as you well know in the need of christians who wear these aspects what's the stereotype of a christian ah oh, john 3 16 t-shirt crazy hair shout now, oh or maybe it's picketing like you know god hates this or that or don't do this the concept of christians today is not healthy Sometimes it's superimposed upon us as believers, falsely so, by the world. I understand that. But many times we do it to ourselves because we do not put on those clothing items and then wrap them together in the unity of love and care and love people. Jesus, were people were immensely attracted to Jesus. They longed to be with Jesus because he loved and cared for people and he accepted them at ground level as they were. You don't need to change your conduct. You don't need to change your belief. Just come follow me, Matthew. Come follow me, John. Come follow me, Andrew. Come follow me, Nathaniel. Come follow me, Paul. Come follow me, Melissa. Come follow me, Scott. Come follow me, Frank. Come follow me, Keisha. Come follow me. Come follow me, Matthew. Come follow me, Andrea. Come follow me, Don. He's just continuously doing this, and not just for you, for your other friends. And so we go out as his representatives, clothed in his righteousness and his goodness, and we just invite others to come follow him. So maybe, maybe, just maybe, this week, you need to go out and rethink your clothing items. You need to get some follow wear. it's not a jesus button it's love let's pray lord today in this hour as we get ready to be sent out there are relationships that each of us have in this world that need to be right-sized and corrected because we've not been operating towards those people in the manner that paul exhorted dearly loved children to clothe themselves Lord, help us be mindful of that. May, Lord, we restore those relationships if they're broken. May we seek forgiveness. May we put on compassion, kindness, do an act of kindness. May we slow down and be patient with people to the speed they're at. Lord, may your spirit that dwells within us as a Christ follower work through us to do this love one another thing. It's your new commandment. May we not get distracted with all the other things or things that apply to us personally, but may we be your instruments of grace and power and strength in a culture that's broken and desperately needing your presence in their life. So Lord, as followers of you, a part of this local church called The Awakening, whether here on site or online, may you help us awaken other people to be fully alive to you in your mission and may we be awakened to your mission this very day this very week to love one another the marriage supper of the lamb will come soon lord may it be our passion to take as many people with us to that banquet by your grace and your power and may it be through words when they're needed but lord may we always lead with our actions before the words. So may your Holy Spirit descend, may your Holy Spirit empower, and may we walk through these doors to our cars and to go to others and not just simply say, oh, it was a nice message, but may we put it into action and bring us back next week, Lord, filled to the full, because we have been called by you, we've been called to you, and we've been called with you to go. And God's people said, amen. Well, thanks. Have a great week doing the Lord's work. We'll see you back next Sunday.